We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. And welcome <laughs> to the Codex Cantina, where we have the very lovely Frau Leslie with us today. You can tell, you can tell by her, her glowing shirt here that it lights up it entertains me the grinch or the glowing the glowing that's why i got it because the, the snowflakes blink i see them it's gorgeous it's and because it says naughty on the side all right so if you guys are tuning in we are here to talk about a very german christmas what happened is throughout this month we took some time to read all of these stories as well as celebrate some customs as well as speak with Klaus from Germany and kind of experience how does a culture beyond ours experience this time of year. So what we're going to do today is maybe just kind of have a focus on the book and talk about some spoiler free of what are you getting with this book if you've never done of the very foreign Christmas books before. And then we'll kind of jump maybe into a little bit more of the stories about what we like, what we didn't like, and uh, just kind of see what shenanigans we get into from there. Does that sound like a plan? It does. Wonderful. All right, so I'm going to ask the first question. Ooh. The first question I'm going to go to Frau Leslie as our, <laughs> as our guest of honor. In one sentence, who's this book for? I would actually say this would appeal to my generation, maybe in the late 30s through probably even 50s, 60s, these were stories that seemed very adult in nature. They did not, uh, there were a couple of them that felt geared toward actual children, but the rest of them felt adult in nature. They had perhaps a theme or some sort of sentiment towards Christmas. Like, it felt these felt familiar to me actually i've i think there are a couple of these i've read previously so it just kind of it felt nice and familiar i don't believe i was accustomed to any of the ones we did with our very russian christmas last year so this one felt more familiar so i'm wondering if some of these were adapted and brought over you know Someone over here in America was like, oh, I really like that German Christmas story. I'm going to change it a little bit and tell it to our kids here. But one sentence, who is it for? I was just going to say, is this supposed to be one sentence? I don't think. <laughs> I mean, you asked the wrong person. <laughs> There's two things I like to do. Read and talk. <laughs> well, that's why you're one of our book two besties here. Now, let's let's turn it over to Mr. Krampus here. What would be the one sentence, give or take, that you use <laughs> to describe um, the feeling that you got from this book? This book is, it, it's less the magic of Santa Claus and Christmas. Not to say that there isn't the, the positive nature that you get out of 
Christmas and, you know, the things that you're trying to convey to children and, and how you're supposed to behave, that's still there, but mm-hmm. it's definitely geared toward a different audience than like Leslie said, where you capture the heart of a child through the magic of Christmas mm-hmm. and then teach them the moments of mm-hmm. why you're supposed to be a good person throughout the whole year. And that's not necessarily in this book. And I don't think it's geared towards children. No, yeah. but, no, yeah. I wouldn't say so at all. I, even the um, the last year when we did the very Russian Christmas, I didn't feel like that was geared towards children either. Mm-hmm. Still kind of learning uh, a little bit about what does it mean when you look at Christmas stories. Now, for, for me, my question that I asked myself is what would be the adjective that I'd use to describe this? And I think, well, maybe maybe that's not fair, but I, I think I want to use the word... Um, like potpourri, you know, maybe variety, potpourri. There's a lot to this book when it comes to what they've chosen to include because you have short stories. Mm-hmm. You've got poems, right? Which we didn't have any poems in the Russian one last year, I don't think. And we, no. had, we, even had, we even had a play. I thought that was amazing that we had a little excerpt of the play of the two. Now, whether you like them all or not, of course, is another thing. But I thought mm-hmm. it was really cool to kind of explore different mediums besides just short stories. And I thought that was really interesting. And uh, I think that speaks a lot to Germany's history. You know, they have a lot to pull from in terms of what, what they were writing and stuff. So I think, you know, in, far, in terms of like if you're looking for a variety of ways to explore writing for Christmas, I thought this was kind of really cool to kind of experience mm-hmm. that. Um, I think you guys saw came out here recently was my wife and I did the reenactment of the play. So good. <laughs> so good. I, I, so I, good. I, I will say this when like I read the story, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of funny and quirky. Um, I, I enjoyed the dialogue. Once I had to like put the emotion behind, like put the effort into it. I was like, Hey, wait, I like this even more now. Like yeah. I, I, I came to like it more. The more I put effort into working on that piece. And I, we had, and we haven't released them yet. I'll turn them over to you here. Let me kick it over to you here. Is you did two audiobooks as well. You, you read two of the poems, which we haven't published yet. But those two poems, as I'm like editing it, listening back to it, I'm like, oh, I totally missed the point of this, just skimming over it. When you read it and I'm sitting here thinking about it, it made me made me enjoy it, appreciate it, I guess, from mm-hmm. a different angle when I had to work, work, put some sweat into it, if you will. There's been so many times that I've read a book and I couldn't get into it. I would switch to the audiobook, and mm-hmm. the narrator was able to provide emotion and nuance that totally changed my outlook. And I was able to listen to the audiobook and enjoy it and love it. Whereas I just couldn't take the print and do that myself. So it like, I enjoyed the play when I read it. I thought it was funny, but mm-hmm. when you and your wife did it, it was so cute. It was so funny. And of course, you you put your whole body into it. You weren't just talking with your voice and, and acting with your voice. Your whole body was in. And it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, that, was, agree. That, was, that was involuntary. Yeah. Like my hands just kind of moved. <laughs> but see, like I, air traffic yeah. controller. We, we had discussed, you know, many things on this. And I told you that that was like my least favorite of everything in Mm -hmm. here was the play. And I guess I just, I didn't get the quirky funness of it. It felt like it was kind of creepy. I I just kept getting this like very negative Mm -hmm. vibe um, from the characters. And it, it, I don't know, it it felt, it it made me a little squeamish, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I I thought it was very, 
I thought it was very odd that it was in a Christmas story. And again, I'm learning new things here that what we think of as Christmas is very different mm -hmm. in cultures. And that's the point. But after watching guys video and pulling out the emotions and again, uh, no knock to you. I think your wife was the star. Yeah. Oh yeah. She yeah. was just so good the way she just was like, kind of, <sighs> I don't know, like she was telling <laughs> you off in a nice way. And I loved it. Uh, oh, it was very man. sweet, very good. She absolutely killed it and I enjoyed it. So through that medium, I enjoyed the play here, not so much. And I, I think that is one of the most important things uh, about learning of other cultures is mm -hmm. how it's perceived mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. the, the variety in this book is, is supposed to be received different ways. Well, now that one, I felt the same as you until I got to the end. And when I, that closing comment from yeah. the, the woman as she was leaving, that changed everything for me. That changed my whole perspective on the story. I went back and looked at it with different eyes and I was like, okay, okay. And and the way Christy does it is like kind of looks at her head and she does that little look over. I'm just like, oh, that's it. That's it. That's, that's the emotion you're supposed to have. The, yeah, the very beginning, the very yeah. beginning, like her, her derision and delivery was just perfection. Mm -hmm. We need well, more from can that. We, we we need to give me some credit on that. Only I can pull out that that feeling from her. All right, that, that spite. <laughs> I believe that. Okay. So first of all, <laughs> we need to give me some credit in this regard too. Okay. Jeez. It does um, take two to tango. Yes, you are right. It does. It does. Now let me ask. Let me turn that same thing around. So when I was editing your audiobook performance of the two poems, when you were practicing them or when you were reading them, did that? change your experience of those poems at all like did it elevate it at all or make it worse like how was that experience exactly the same well and again i'll give credit where credit's due uh the mastermind that really helped me was my wife um so i was sitting there practicing and she goes what was that word you said and i'd say the word wrong and so i have to look it up find out the definition and say it again i'd have to you know google it and and find out what the word was enunciated correctly and in doing so and saying it several times, poems are almost like song lyrics and you have to get a rhythm to them. Right. And right. I'm, you know, I'm terrible at that. But after practicing it, it allowed me to enjoy the poems that much more and act actually see the point of the poem. Like, oh, that's what they're trying to say. And a couple of times I was saying it twice because I was saying I was reading it out loud to her. And she goes, wait, 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 is it two stanzas of the same thing? She goes, because that that would change the way the story being portrayed. I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, if you say it twice, then this is how I feel about it. And I was like, no, 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 it's supposed to be just once. I just messed up. She's like, oh, okay. And so she was actually kind of walking me through all of it. And it, it definitely made a difference going through it and trying to memorize it a couple of times. So maybe that's something to be said about, you know, if you're not normally a poem reader, which, you, you know, you've admitted that you've wanted to get more into poetry because you've had a hard time connecting with it, that, you know, that might be something to kind of think about when you are looking at so much variety, there might be different ways you need to read this as opposed to kind of quickly reading through it. Maybe some readers might be doing yeah. that. Read the poems out loud. That is my first recommendation is read them out loud and then read them multiple times out loud. And that will help you tremendously for enjoying those. those. And they're short too. I mean, they take like 30 seconds to read. Yeah, yeah. Let's, um, let's talk about some highlights, okay? What were some of your favorite parts? Oh, it looks like Frau has, has the uh, beginning line here, Madame. The, my favorite one was the interview with Santa Claus. 
Yeah. I love that one. I love the one with the company calendars. Yes. You didn't that. Like was that was so thing. funny. That Well, there's something wrong with him. We already know that. But, oh, I just, I got so tickled because he was, the boss was so concerned about, oh, calendars again. And then they worried about it all year, had this special committee. And then what did they do? Sent out calendars. Calendars. And they sent out, I know it's kind of meta, the little saying that they had on them was like the same thing they use every year. Like he was oh, so man. worried about not doing the calendars and then they send out the calendars despite the fact and they use the same like slogan or, or saying. And I just, I thought it was very quirky oh, and funny. I, I love the so calendar funny. one. That was my second favorite oh, one man. as well. And I liked the separation, the nutcracker and the king of mice. And then no, Martin's Christmas Wish. You've got these titles down way better than I do here. What, the Separation, that was when the man and the woman get the divorce. Dr. Love by Children. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what was the Nutcracker one? Uh, hold on. That one's towards the end. While you're doing that, let me talk about the loan because... Um, yes, 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 yes. That was a really good one. That would probably be maybe like third or fourth best one. The I loan love is that really, one. really good. You know why It's very love, sweet, right? Well, you know why I love that one is uh, my wife's stepdad he was working for a major manufacturing company and you know they had these different plants and there was different um it was all owned by the same company but they kind of viewed it as territorial like well we do this at this plant and you know that that plant manager runs things differently over there right well he talks about how he'd go to the other plant and relocate some things <laughs> he would take it he didn't steal it he relocated it to his plant because they didn't need it, right? And uh, it's actually a quite humorous story when you hear him tell it. But we always made the joke, like, well, we didn't steal it. We relocated it. Mm -hmm. And this story was very charming, the way that they talk about, we didn't we didn't steal it. Steal the Christmas tree. <laughs> we, we borrowed it, right? We, we, it was on loan. We are going to return that Christmas tree. We're going to dig the Christmas tree up, use it for Christmas. They don't need it for Christmas. Nobody's out there at Christmas. And then we're going to return it afterwards. That's brilliant. Which brilliant. They just I don't know if y'all noticed, but that was kind of a reoccurring theme where it seemed like many of these stories, they went and got their tree Christmas Eve yeah. and decorated it or put their candles on it and mm -hmm. did their celebrating on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. and, well, and but well, that one was sweet. That seemed to kind of be the theme of what Klaus had said, right? Is that... Mm -hmm. Right. He, they don't get their tree in November and have it decorated the whole month like we do here in our country is they <laughs> they put it up at probably a more appropriate time. Not trying to offend mm -hmm. anybody. You can have your mm -hmm. Christmas tree up in October if you want. <laughs> if you're skipping Halloween. That's fine. <laughs> but they only have it up for, you know, a couple of weeks. And mm -hmm. they kind mm -hmm. of invented the idea of, you know, the the, the pagan idea of the tree and the, the druids and stuff. So, well, they also we had the. They had the limitation of the candles. You can't yeah. leave those yeah. up for a month, right? You, right. You, you kind of put those up the day before. And um, yeah. we, we saw that in that one um, that had to deal with the World War II setting. And I mm -hmm. thought that it was, wasn't was as happy or cute as some of the other ones, but I still really enjoyed that one because you got to see how a major event like the war affected holidays. We mm -hmm. celebrate Christmas differently now because of this major event that's happening in the world. So I thought that was um, a nice little kind of mirror or um, window into a life that I've gratefully never experienced. Um, and I thought that one was pretty powerful too. 
And it's kind of sad and I, maybe even a little bit of funny at the end, actually. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. if I would amend kind of what I said about the book at the beginning is these stories are meant to invoke that emotion, mm -hmm. you know, maybe in, not that it doesn't have the magic of Christmas, but it has the emotion of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And family. It felt like there was a focus put on family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the Nutcracker and the King of Mice is the one where the grandpa makes the toys do you remember now? Yeah, the Dr. Stalinbaum guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. he made yeah. all these really amazing toys. And the little girl really loved the nutcracker and she felt sorry for him cracking the nuts. I love that one. And mm -hmm. then Martin's Christmas wish is the little boy was at boarding school and the parents didn't have enough money to have him come home so for Christmas. So and sad. so yeah, the little the little headmaster guy at the school paid for him to come home. It was so mm -hmm. sweet. That was the uh, second Costner story. There was two Eric Costner mm -hmm. stories yeah. in here. I think so, so I th yeah. His stories, I thought, when you compare it to the other ones, I mean, there are, he's obviously a little bit more modern than some of them. I mean, you look at Geertha and some of these other writers from the 1800s, but his, you know, are a little bit more recent. He had, I felt like, the most complete story arc um, for me. Like, like in terms of how I, how I usually experience stories, his had definitely kind of like that beginning, middle and end and were clearly crafted from a short story perspective that uh, mm -hmm. I think those were the easiest to connect with from, from my perspective. I did have a question um, for both of you uh, and we haven't mentioned it, which is very odd because of everybody here, for me, the one that I recognize and is arguably the most famous of all of the authors yeah. is Brothers Grimm. Brothers Grimm. Yep. It's yeah. the that, very first one in the book. And that's the one I've read anything. before. Yeah, I've and, read and that one people, before. And most people know that story. I think it's been mm -hmm. turned into like a Disney cartoon or a Nickelodeon cartoon or something with the, the elf and the shoemakers. And it's a pretty good story, moral story. But what did you think about rereading it or reading it for the first time in, in its native story, not a cartoon version of it? Well, my, my first experience with that story was, um, our class, probably kindergarten, first grade, second grade. I don't know where it was very early in my life. We reenacted that where we literally put on clothes and people were <laughs> acting out specific roles. Um, I think I was like the guy that was ringing the bell to tell the town that it was getting dark and like the teacher's like, Oh, okay. Well, there weren't electric lights back then. You had to put out, you know, lights and mm -hmm. lamps. And she explained that to me. So that was my role in that. So this was my first time reading it probably since I was a wee little lad. I loved it. I thought it was so cute. Had the moral was very clear. You can see why Brothers Grimm is passed down generation to generation because boom, here's your moral kids. You've learned it, right? So I, I enjoy yeah. it. Great way to start the collection. Indeed. Now, here's a question for you. You specifically wanted to do Germany. You're like, we, we looked at all of the, the cultures that had have a very foreign Christmas book out. And you're like, I want to do Germany. Let's do Germany. Tell me a little bit more about why. Well, I, I like a lot of the Christmas lores come from German culture and heritage and traditions. And I think that nowadays, again, I, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. It's so saturated with the Americanized, Westernized version of Christmas. I mean, we changed Santa Claus because of Coca-Cola and it, it's so commercialized. It's just so about, like you said, Ooh, I, 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 I get a discount. I want to buy presents. And, it, and mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times in modern times, we lose touch with the true meaning of Christmas of spending time with family and friends and giving to those that are less fortunate than us. And 
for me, learning about these different cultures lets me get back to saying maybe the true nature of Christmas, because these, I believe, are some of the people that came up with those things because their country is so much older than ours. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Russia, Italy, France, Germany, these countries are thousands of years old and our country is only 300 years old. And I feel like we've, I don't want to say it, we've kind of perverted, I think, the original idea of Christmas a little bit. So I like getting back to the roots of it. And I think that this does a nice job of doing that. So it wasn't the pickle? <laughs> touche, touche. <laughs> Go watch our talk with Klaus if you're curious why we're uh, joking about the pickle lure. Um, what about um, surprises? And it could be a good surprise. It could be a bad surprise. Was there anything surprising in this book? For me, there were a couple of names that I obviously knew. Brothers Grimm, right? You know, mm -hmm. know that one. Mm -hmm. uh, Herman Hess, um, Girta, huge names, right? That wrote Faust and another um, Herman Hess, obviously, uh, uh, Steppenwolf, uh, you know, huge names in literature. I was really looking forward to those stories. Now, my surprise is the, like, the Herman Hess story was, um, I didn't do any research on it. So I don't know if I just couldn't connect it. it was the butterfly one, the the moth, if you will. I was just kind of like, huh, that was a little, little different than I thought i didn't <laughs> didn't see why that was included in this christmas collection but okay so so that one and the gear to story were both very kind of like loops for me because i was expect i guess i was expecting more from their their big names but they just didn't connect mm -hmm. with me for some reason what about you guys what was surprising about this book for you um i didn't really experience any surprise i pretty much only liked about let's see six or seven of them and the rest i was like eh sure <laughs> so but i wasn't like i mean well i mean i guess i was a little surprised i i just didn't think about the brothers Grimm being in a i'm like oh oh german yes of course why wouldn't they be in here so i guess i was a little surprised to open that first page and find them uh other than that the only surprises were oh poem oh a play oh a song because in Otanabom and that was it a poem first maybe we turned it into a song or was it a yeah. song and they just put it in and verse and it looks like a poem can you believe when crypto did that he didn't sing it unbelievable <gasps> i sung it when i read voice. it i don't have a singing voice <laughs> unacceptable everybody has the right singing voices for christmas songs yeah nobody Maybe. sings off key for a christmas song man everybody it's like yep that's right yeah that's christmas. that's right <laughs> i think the one thing that kind of surprised me and it always just goes back to of why i want to learn these things is my whole life i've only learned about our way of doing christmas and it always revolves around something mystical supernatural santa claus delivering to presents and flying reindeer and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and magical elves, Buddy the Elf. I mean, it, it, it just everything is extraordinary in how we take Christmas, right? Um, and we always do it big, you know, with all the lights and all the food and the crazy bright colors. And again, this just seems to humanize it more. And I, I love that I'm learning that Christmas doesn't have to be about all that supernatural. It can just be about two people walking down the street, having a conversation, enjoying each other's company while they go shopping. And it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be something that is um, more than that. 
Okay. If I were if I were sitting down with the Edelweiss publishers, like I realize they're going to the public main these, particularly for the translations and such, but man, some of these stories that are super depressing, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like the one with like the child where like the wife's like, Well, don't take the child out. It's too weak to be out in the cold, and it's very it turns into very Manchester by the sea, if you will, by the end. I'm just like, Yeah, oh, that's a mood killer right there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be the one thing where i'm just kind of like man if i'm doing a christmas story collection i but but to be fair is that me kind of wanting everything to be happy ending right? mm -hmm. like do, do, do does the non always is that an american thing like when foreigners i think look so at when they look at american stories they're like why does everything always work out for these guys what the hell like <laughs> you know it's like on facebook everybody is always happy on facebook and you're like you know that's not you know that's not that's true. your best well, life yeah the, yeah, the social yeah. life and I wonder in the book if these stories are what what do we 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 need to go back to the idea of what is a Christmas story, right? What mm -hmm. what is a Christmas story? Because we think of a Christmas story of having to include these specific set of mm -hmm. circumstances or people or time frame. What is it? What is a Christmas story to the German people? And I think that that's something that for me, I learned is it doesn't need to be these things. It can be X, Y, and Z. It can have a little bit of depression. It can have a little bit of sadness and things to them. And, and that's why I, I love reading about these different cultures is it, it brings us out of our comfort zone. And that is, I guess, okay. If you want to have that feeling or not, you know what it is, you, the movie elf with Will Ferrell, we're the elves where we're just like, we live in the land of swirly twirly gumdrops across candy cane bridge or whatever. And like, we read like, like these stories and we're like, Oh, 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 they live in New York. Ooh, well, let's pour some syrup on this. Goodness. We need yeah. to sweeten this up. Yes. Everything sprinkles. is syrup. Sprinkles. All right, guys. Candy what, corn. what last words uh, would you have about this book for someone out there? She's speechless. We rendered her speechless. <laughs> Guys, I mean, that, that this requires down. thoughts. This, this has never happened before. Leslie had nothing to say. I think, should we mark the time? I wasn't we should, prepared. We mark the time. <laughs> <laughs> Crypto kick us off. Uh, I think that this is a wonderful collection to add to an adult library for learning about foreign Christmases. Uh, I highly encourage people to support the company. And uh, I think that the book was, was it on sale? Did you guys get it on sale? It's like $20. Uh, it's, it's beautifully, you know, in this hardback cover. And I, I want to continue supporting them because next year I want to try another region and learn more about and just expand my knowledge, my limited knowledge about Christmas and, and learn um, what, it, what it truly means to different people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea. It's a great tradition. It's one we get to share together because that's always fun when you do stuff with friends. But yeah, I, I think I picked it up. It was $14.99. It may have been cheaper, but it's a, I mean, to put on your coffee table during Christmas, somebody, you know, you have people over and you're cooking or something. Someone can sit down and flip through. I think it's, I think what I loved about it most is it brought it, you know, it didn't have some of the stories had Christmas magic, but mostly it was realism. It was real life. It was how people actually where they are when they celebrate Christmas. It's it's not always 
happy. Everybody's happy and has all the money to buy all the presents and everybody gets what they want. No, sometimes you don't have the money to pay your electricity bill. You're freezing, but you make the best of it. You find happiness in your family, just being together. And that just really, really struck me and kind of made me feel squishy on the inside. Very cool. So what, what are the votes for next year? What we got, what Scandinavian, we got Italian, mm. we got French. We have the Irish one was just released. Any, <gasps> any vote? Oh, okay. I guess I know what she's voting for. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm Irish. For. Yeah, me too. So, so there so. you go. It's all right, guys. Well, luck of the Irish. I think we're all Irish, year. right? Yeah, I've got, I've got the hey, Irish. But yeah. my maiden name is McCoy. I am legit. I can trace it back, baby. My so my name is Irish. <laughs> <laughs> so who's my name? <laughs> Whatever. I got it in my blood. It counts. <laughs> All right, guys, let us know in the comments down below what your vote would be that we check out next year. We appreciate you guys spending some time. Let us know also what you thought of this collection. If you read along, what were your thoughts? What were your highlights from this book? We look forward to hearing you guys in the comments. We'll talk Merry to you Christmas. guys later. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.